You're listening to It's Not That Kind of Podcast with Alex Stansbury, a show where I sit down with people I enjoy talking to and having meaningful conversations about whatever's on their mind. Thanks for listening. Hi guys doing? Welcome back to a podcast. My name is Alex Stansbury. You're listening to It's Not That Kind of Podcast. I'm here with my friend Peter Bielstein, uh, who is a photographer and a cinema photographer. Um, you want to go ahead and plug yourself? Uh, hi, my name's Peter. <laughs> I do like vlogs and stuff on YouTube. I... And more recently, trying to get more and more into photography, um, more and more into music. I'm sort of the creative one of my family. Right. That's that's a that's it's weird because I was I was the same way. Like my brother, he's a jock, and my sister, she is a what you want to call it? I guess a jock. Uh, both play volleyball and football. I was the creative one that did, took took over a camera in YouTube. You know. Yeah, my little brother, he's huge into lacrosse. My older <sighs> brother, he's more of a businessman oh yeah my sister i i really don't know too much about but are you are I, a far apart in age uh around five years yeah okay see all my family is like uh we're, we're all real close um in age so like my brother is like we're, we're 14 months apart so right. and then my sister we're like two years apart so we, we all kind of grew up close so that's a strange like see so you see so you really don't talk to your sister huh I mean, yeah, it's weird because when when she graduated out of high school, I was just like coming into social maturity. Right. And so I didn't know how to hold a conversation whatsoever before that point. <laughs> and so I never really got to, to talk to her or my older brother too much without them trying to beat the shit out of me. <laughs> so you're kind of like the, the punching bag of, the, of the, your family, huh? Yeah, I would say. <laughs> yeah. I'm the oldest, so like I kind of like kind of bullied them a little bit. You're, uh, you're kind of the opposite of where I'm at. Yeah, exactly. So I guess they can't make fun of me because of my creative, t- my creative side. Um, but yeah, super pumped to having you on the podcast. Thanks for coming out, man. Dude, I'm glad to be here. It's right. it's been a, a solid minute since I've been on a podcast. Really? So you've been on a podcast before? Yeah, I've been on one. I tried to actually create one once upon a time. Really? And uh, it didn't end too well, given that my computer, which is actually uh, currently behind me, it's been retired. <laughs> uh, my computer every time I would boot up Skype it would blue screen yeah and so you can imagine having guests on the show was it's, a little bit difficult yeah I can imagine that's crazy have you uh, so what I do uh, for my equipment I guess uh, I have like a Zoom H6 so I do everything recording wise I do it uh, externally just in case my computer does happen to crash or anything uh, but I mean uh, so far Skype hasn't uh, hasn't failed me actually this this is my second time using Skype, so it's it's a pretty new process to me. I'm pretty excited about it. I feel you. I feel you. Um, I tried to use Skype the last time that I did it. I tried using Discord. I tried using all of these things. Oh, yeah. The, the problem wasn't the software. The problem was that my computer is just about as old as I am. <laughs> that's all, That's crazy, man. Uh, yeah. So you, we actually talked on Twitter about you getting a new computer. How's that, how's that process? Oh, my God. So... I, I bought this computer at an auction for $450. It's a 2012 MacBook Air, and it is by far the best computer that I've ever owned. Okay. Given that my last computer, well, well, I just told the story about yeah, that. Yeah. So. As old as you are. Exactly. You can compare the two. Yeah. One from just a few years ago and one from back in like 2004-ish, maybe. Right. Well, that's awesome, man. So everything's flowing good for you? Oh, for sure. Video editing is so much easier now. I can imagine. I, I uh, bought my uh, MacBook. Actually, I think mine's a uh, 2012 as well. I bought it on eBay for like 
five hundred dollars. And oh, yeah, yeah. I bought an eBay for five hundred dollars, the two thousand twelve MacBook Pro. Um, it actually had a partial hard drive, uh, so I could I could choose to do Windows or um, the the Mac. Um, but yeah, yeah, I actually got a, uh, a 2012 MacBook Pro uh, with a partial hard drive, and it was only like $500, and it's it served me well so far. I mean, like extraordinarily well. Like I used to do all my uh, my cinematography editing on that until I bought my uh, my desktop in late last year, or no, early last year, February last year. Really? Yeah, so it's been, I, been going pretty good. I personally, now that I'm using a laptop, I honestly prefer a laptop over anything else it the mobility of it i can i can edit while i'm on vacation i can edit while i'm on the shoots right it's just it's so unbelievably helpful and i never realized that because the only other lap laptop that i had owned couldn't run chrome without crashing wow wow that's that's horrible i have some bad luck with computers man i'll tell you that so I I feel the same way. Like I I I prefer using my uh, desktop over my laptop now because I mean I it's a it's a well built uh, PC. But as far as traveling goes, man, you can't compare it to laptop. Like if if I were to recommend you get one thing, it'd be getting a laptop. Especially from like mid 2012 2013 because oh, yeah. that was the age when everything needed to be thin. So my 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 MacBook is like three millimeters thin that's crazy that is incredible i know i technology if you look at technology 20 years ago and look at it now it is astonishing man oh completely not only that it's it's so small but they managed to make the keys backlit yes that is a level of of craftsmanship that i don't i don't even know how to compare that to anything i'm telling you man it, it is we're we are living in the future i mean i hate to say that but you know we are living in the future you know this is like stuff you'd see on on tv 20 years ago that it'd be projected out in like third like you know it's just it's absolutely insane exactly as far as as far as like and this is this is where i've seen the most change is in camera gear in microphones oh i know if you look at a if you look at a microphone from 2004 like my road mic quality it it would cost like a thousand bucks to get that kind of oh, I know quality, it. but now I can get it for around two hundred. Exactly, it's so easily easily accept. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, everything's becoming more consumer friendly. Exactly, but how do you feel about so back then? Okay, it wasn't hard to differentiate the pros from the consumer everyday users. You know, like oh yeah, like cameras back then were like the the stuff you get at walgreens for like a dollar five dollars exactly but compare that to what people were using back then um they were using i mean stuff that doesn't even compare to the stuff we have now for consumer market price and they're it's it's a lot harder to get in the market with with more expensive gear now you know what i'm saying like back then all you had to do was was I mean, it seemed like all you had to do was buy an expensive camera, or not even expensive camera, but buy a good quality camera for an extreme amount of price, and you were already way above the rest. But now we're living in an age where technology is so accept, uh, accessible that anyone could buy the equipment you have, and there's so much equipment that it's harder to break into the field. You know what I'm saying? Especially in the field of like DSLRs. DSLRs oh, yeah. didn't even exist years no. ago, and 
now that they're at the consumer level, now that I can start making pro content with something as handheld as an ADD, right? That's that's insane. It is absolutely insane. But and can I say, it is such a step up from cutting film. Oh, absolutely. Like I, that is a process I I will never and will not never want to know how to do. You know what I'm saying? I pray that I never have to cut film. <laughs> that that it seems like a tro- and think of like these these huge movies like Star Wars. You know, you had to add in all the special effects. You know, there was exactly. no there was no computerized Adobe Premiere Pro. It was everything was by hand. You know, and that's everything, that's insane. And you can tell like with the special effects especially in the explosions in Star Wars, you can tell the green margins they used yeah. green screen. Obviously, because I mean, what the hell else are you gonna use? Absolutely, like you, like so they remastered the 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 Star Wars series from back then, but they left yeah, yeah, but they left in the old lightsaber. You know how you can tell like the green, like like we were saying, like the the green the green lay or the yeah the green overlay whatever. Yeah, you can. It's still in there. I don't I don't know why they chose not to fix that. I guess for the purpose of it being, you know, antique or whatever. Yeah, but it's just crazy how fast technology progresses. It's it's unbelievable, and at the rate that it's going, cinema cameras even could oh. be at the consumer level in like ten, fifteen years. Absolutely. There's this one guy that I, I follow, I'm a, a big fan of, Matt Diavallo. You, you ever heard of him? I don't believe I have. So he directed the film Minimalism, uh, Life by the Important Things. It's on Netflix. Incredibly good film. That's exactly uh, I, I came across it. Um, before it was even released, I I listened to the minimalists and uh, read their blogs and stuff, and and uh, they came out with this documentary. I think it was like 2014, 2015, and um, in- incredible. Okay, so before he made this uh this documentary film, he went out and bought the Canon C300, which that's like a high. I mean, it it's not yeah. that high, but it's like I I know what the the C C three hundred, you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know what that is. Yeah, so even those cameras are like six thousand, seven thousand dollars, a pretty pricey camera. But right. can thinking that those m- might be in the consumer hands in five, ten years is absolutely insane. And if you look at some vloggers, for example, um, let me think of what. So, do you know who Matty Hapoya is? I do not. Matty Hapoya, he's he's also he used to be branded as Travel Feels. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can look about you can look him up on YouTube. He does vlogs, he does tutorials, all that kind of stuff. He films with a C three hundred Mark II. Wow, which is insane. Like vloggers on YouTube are are making content with cinema cameras. It blows my mind that 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 is a, a thing that is happening. Right, considering that you when YouTube was started, it was like. I mean, it was just a webcam, you know? Exactly. And we all know, like, my, the webcam on this MacBook Air is 720p. Right. So and not one. only is it 720p, but if you if you turn it on whatsoever, you'll get all this noise. Oh, my yeah. iPhone does better than that. It does 4K better low light. And slow motion. I got an iPhone X. It's, it's slow motion, 4K. Uh, you got all these features on your phone that weren't, it didn't, it didn't even it wasn't even available that. for computers, you know? And think about that. That's my computer 2012, right? Right. In the same decade, 
Look how far the cameras have come. Exactly. That is insane. I I mean, it, it blows my mind. I cannot, you know, it, it's, wow. It makes me really hyped for the future, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. The way that people are going to make be making content in the next 10, 15 years is, it, it's exciting times, man. It's going to be completely different from what it is, even right now. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you're going to be able to buy these cinematic cameras for, I mean, pennies pretty much you know dude could you imagine i uh, that's i mean the can you imagine well i i can't imagine I, I, okay so one day 1080p will be considered 720p you know what i'm saying it's already starting it's already starting to get into that era yeah which worries me because my my here's my biggest criticism with canon canon they make great cameras their color science is amazing right um, they, their ADDs, their 70Ds, 60Ds, they don't do 4K. Yeah. That is a huge problem. My iPhone does 4K. It's their sensors, man. I mean, the only thing, I, I think that the uh, Canon lovers, the only reason they stick around, and I, I've talked to many people, and I was like this for a long time, um, the only reason people stick around for Canon is because of their glass. Their glass is above anything else in the in the market. Sony, their sensors are amazing. I mean, my Sony S, uh, yeah, Sony A7S Mark II does incredible low light. Their sensor is amazing, but the option and variety of lenses it just ruins that market, you know. But I Completely. feel, but I feel like they're they're starting to come out with some lenses that I'm pretty excited about. Um, I'm actually getting rid of my Sony A7S Mark II just because, so. Okay, this is Yo, how one. much? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I actually already sold it for like eighteen hundred, and I Dang. bought it for two thousand. It was. It's not like a. I kind of took. I, I took a two hundred dollar loss on it. I'm not too upset about it. Um, yeah. I kind of. I'm going through like a, a change, getting out of the military and stuff. So I kind of need the money more than the camera, you know. I feel it. And the camera's not making me any money, so. Um, but yeah, this is that's that's why I'm kind of making that transition over for. Uh, so, so this is this is my opinion. My opinion only. I feel like YouTube is kind of dying. What do you feel about that? YouTube has been dying since 2015. Oh, I agree. Ever since they've changed up their algorithm, they've started getting everybody demonetized. Nobody's making the money that they used to be. It used right. to be people like Markiplier, people like like, like PewDiePie. PewDiePie gets just about every video that he has demonetized. And for what? Because people are... are Offended. copyright crazy yeah yeah copyright crazy they're offended about what people say uh it's just a crazy world we live in and i think that all started the the, the whole copyright thing and the whole demonetization started with leafy in my opinion yeah it, i can honestly see that leafy was a little bit of sort of a bad apple yeah in the, in the eyes of youtube yeah he was he was i think he started this whole revolution like that was something that was so the vlogs Casey Neistat kind of revolutionized, revolutionized the vlogs. We were kind of talking about this before the podcast, but um, those really took over YouTube and everyone started to mimic Casey Neistat. And if you came up with a vlog that was any different from the normal stereotype um, handheld, you just talking to the camera, it was considered Casey Neistat, which is a good, I mean, it's a good thing for him, but it kind of ruined the whole sense. Like everyone was doing it, you know? It kind of oversaturated the market, yeah. you're trying to say. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like now that people are starting to realize that 
mimicking Casey Neistat and uh, isn't cool. I think the the market or the uh, the saturation of those kind of logs have gone down, which are allowing people to come up. Like Peter McKinnon, he he came up out of nowhere. I was following him when he only had like eighty thousand subscribers. I didn't really watch him that much because this is back when he just posted the um, the uh, Photoshop tutorials and the Premiere tutorials. Those kind of right. set him above the rest, but it kind of leveled out the playing field for his vlogs to come out. So that kind of like it, it's allowing now that the saturation has gone down, the the ability for more creators with uh, more original vlogs are are is starting to come up, which I'm super excited about. I'm super excited about seeing this. I would say that as far as content goes, it's a mixture between your personality, and I'll, I'm going to go into the personality bit of this, but it's a mixture of the personality and the format of your vlogs. Right. Peter McKinnon has a very specific format to his videos. He, mm-hmm. he introduces the audience in a very happy, very lighthearted way, and then he addresses them as though they're not idiots. They, he addresses them as individuals, like, hey, right. how's it going? How's your day? Like a normal person, right? Right. Then he goes into his intro. He has B-roll sequences. He has all this kind of stuff all stacked on top of each other. And then when you add that with his personality, he's very charismatic. He addresses the audience like they would want to be addressed. He makes them feel important without making it seem like, oh, I love you. You're my subscribers. I wouldn't be here at all if not right. for you. It's, it's, uh, that's too saturated as well, like the, the, the bullshit, you know? I believe Casey Neistat said it best when he said that I don't love my subscribers. I just deeply appreciate them. Yeah. I mean, I think people absolutely, I agree with that completely. Um, I think a lot of people kind of take that to the extreme. Like, Oh, I would like, I, I, I love my subscribers so much. Each one of you, are my family, blah, blah, blah. When it comes down to it, we're just creators creating content for these people, you know, and whether they like for it or sure. not. What's that? I said, for sure. Oh, I thought she said Trisha. I've been watching Trisha Paytas recently, and man, Wild. she's just a basket case, bro. You ever heard of her? I believe I have. She was a part of that whole Shane, Shane and Friends uh, stuff, but recently he, she's been featured as a uh, character on uh, David Dobrik's vlog. You watch him? Uh, David Dobrik. I I know who he is. I know him and Liza. There was a there was a yes. huge thing. You know, they broke up. The Onion Rat broke because of that. Yes. I'm not too familiar with it, so I can't say that I have the 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 most sympathy for that situation, just because I don't know them. Man, it was it was crazy. Like I, I follow them. Like I watch every one of his vlogs, and I kind of I'm not a super fan, you know, but I, I like his 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 vlogs are different. It's not like Casey Neistat. It's not like anything I've ever seen before. And so the way he does it, it's kind of like a, a vlog format of Jackass, the show Jackass. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's. It if that that's he plays pranks on his friends, shoots them with paintball guns, do his like rides motorcycles in a pool. It's just crazy stuff, and uh, that uh, that was pretty interesting to me. I've been watching them pretty fluently. I like them a lot. But yeah, let's go ahead and get into the uh, the the more uh, photography stuff. Get out of YouTube. I feel like that's oversaturated as well in the podcast community. Um, yeah, for sure. So. So what in your personal life has influenced you to choose your career as a uh, photographer or a cinematographer? Honestly, it's it's seeing how all these people can create this amazing content, put it out for people, and get that kind of support. Right. Of course, it's not just the support. I 
absolutely love creating things that 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 people like right right i am i'm an entertainer if i cease to entertain you then why why would you why would you watch me right it's really cool kind of balancing out the creative aspect of it and just there's 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 something different about it so is this something you want to take into a long-term career that's a difficult question right uh for two reasons the first thing is that i want to yes be a professional photographer i think that would be the greatest thing ever that seems like the lifestyle for me it seems like the kind of thing that i would love doing well well into my older years my problem with it is and i think may, many of the people listening to this may agree with this my problem is the stability aspect of it yes there's only so much that you can do in this world that will get you that kind of stability that you see in like middle class homes that you see in upper upper class homes right and my problem is that you don't see many super middle class photographers you're either up there we know you or you're barely getting by exactly that's a tough that's a tough thing especially like i that goes back to the oversaturatedness like with instagram and all these these uh these outlets social media it becomes really difficult for people to stand out and so you're either like brandon wolfel or you're like or on the other opposite of the spectrum you're just a um a struggling photographer and that's sad that's sad to see you know exactly and there are a lot of markets for photography there's like there's landscape photography there's oh, porch yeah. photography there's there's product photography all this kind of stuff and i a little side story here and this will be in my next vlog i want to get senior photos done today mm -hmm. i looked around and i saw two things number one all of his all of his you know, clients, his favorite clients all up on the wall, their faces were photoshopped. They looked amazing, but there wasn't anything natural about it. Yeah. It looked like, it looked like he was following a routine. It looked like he was, you know, here you go. Maybe, maybe you like it. Maybe you don't. It's all right. I did my job. I got paid. Right. That's the first thing I saw. And then in this one corner, just it, it looked like it stuck out like a sore thumb there's this plaque of i wouldn't say plaque it's it's like a stand with this beautiful picture of sand dunes and it had his logo on the bottom of it and like the colors were vibrant the sun looked amazing there was there's just beam of light coming into the middle of it it looked amazing and you know that he had more fun doing that, more fun doing that sort of adventurous kind of photography. Right, yeah. Than he does doing studio photography. Yeah, yeah, I I, I can completely agree. And it's sad that he you said he only he only had one photo like that? Yes. And it was in the corner, sort of like sort of like shoved away. Unless you looked at it, you wouldn't notice. Right. So I feel, is he trying to like, I mean, I guess you don't know the guy personally, um, but it's it's pretty hard. Like, so going into uh, something like this, something like YouTube or uh, photography, it feels like people get famous off of roughly one or two things, you know? 
So if someone's doing that, that studio work, they're doing portraits and doing stuff like that, they start to fall out of love with that and they become famous for that. So they become known for that. And it's hard to kind of switch your audience. You know, have you noticed that like switching your audience, um, from one thing into that, like say for him, for example, from portraits, uh, he's doing portraits. They like his portraits to switch that over to more adventurous photography. I feel like that's a difficult transition. That's a huge transition. Right. And what he would be doing if he did, oh, excuse me, what he would be doing if he did switch it up is he would be sacrificing stability and right. comfort for unhappiness. fulfillment. Yeah. And that's that's a tough choice to make for a lot of people. It's, yeah. I, I struggle with this because I want to do all these different things. I do photography, cinematography, music, coding, um, friggin' I, I build stuff like that's, I have all these different things that I want to do, but which of those will give me stability and right. which of those at the same time will be something that I like more like into the future. Right. So I feel like this is a common problem with crea- creative types like you and me. Um, I notice in uh, the YouTube community and Instagram community, uh, or just creatives in general, um, we have a tough time focusing on one thing, you know? Yes. You have to split your attention between all these different things right? or else you risk, uh, coming below par in one of them. Right. So, I mean, for me, my family gives me a hard time about it all the time. And I, I notice it too. And I, I, I give myself a hard time uh, for it as well. Um, so I have a very a short attention span, I would I say. So I do things very uh, hardcore for a short amount of time. Like I'll do YouTube for a short amount of time. And uh, then I'll, I'll get really pumped about YouTube. And then I'll buy all this equipment and I have all this equipment. And then I'm like, well, I kind of want to start a podcast. So I start a podcast and I go really hardcore into it. I start doing it for a, 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 a short period of time. And then I kind of get demotivated and I want to start my own company. And then I want to do uh, photography. And then I want to do... It's hard to focus all of your stuff into one thing. This this is kind of the goes into the something I want to talk about with routines. Um, it's about depicting what you want to do. I'm sorry, what you want to do. Yeah, you have to you have to start saying no to things in order to say yes to things that you really want to do. So, how what's your experience with that? Because that's something I struggle with all the time. I completely agree. Um, my thing is not actually a short attention span as much as lack of motivation. Right. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly what I feel. I think uh, short attention span was the wrong word. No, the short attention span, I can, I completely agree with you, right? Right. You, you're super hyped about this one thing, and you really want to do this one thing, and then you get a glimpse of something else. You're like, oh, that looks like fun, and you yeah. start veering towards that path, completely forgetting about all the stuff that you built towards. Right. And that's, I mean, that's, that's tough to come back from. What I personally struggle from is a lack of, of motivation to do really anything. Yeah. Uh, so today I vlogged. That's, that's an achievement for me. Right. That alone is an achievement to go out with a camera and to, to put myself out there to create content in general without other motivation like somebody else counting on me right 
that's that's huge for me um you feel like that's something that's, you feel like that's something you have to just practice at absolutely i'm i'm for sure practicing at it and as i explained in in my recent vlog i'm sorry i keep coming back to the vlog no no you're good um, absolutely but as i explained in in the more recent vlog i struggle from this and i'm trying to come back from it i'm trying to book more shoots so that i have outside motivation to do things right i'm i'm good at doing things for other people i'm not good at doing things for myself is is where i think that sort of stems from yeah yeah absolutely i feel like so i feel like um with our creative endeavors uh we we too often like stretch our stretch ourselves out like we we're trying to do this we're trying to do photography trying to do vlogging we're trying to do sit down videos we're trying to do make a blog you know we're trying to do all these things and we never really let ourselves get good at one thing we're kind of like a we're, we're jack of all trades yeah yeah we're a jack of all trades we can do everything to the first degree but what are we doing i think what what stems from focusing all your energy into one thing and doing one thing good that is going to set you so far apart than spreading yourself thin. And that's something that I've learned recently. And I'm trying to focus all my energy into this podcast because this is something I really enjoy doing. Um, but I feel like in order for us to be successful, it's kind of like, it's, it's a risk. It's a risk, you know, it's like you putting all your eggs into one basket is such a big risk. And exactly. So and if that one, if that one basket maybe breaks, Exactly. What now? What do we do from here? I don't have anything else that I can fall back on. And that's one of my fears into going into professional photography for professional, excuse me, professional cinematography, all this kind of stuff. What am I to fall back on? Yeah. Well, so I, I once saw a, a video, I think it was probably Prince EA. I, I don't know. I could be wrong about that. Um, it, it, in one of his videos, he said, if you if you have a backup plan, if you have a plan B, you're not focusing. It's it's a risky game, man. It's it's a completely risky game. If you have a backup plan, you're not focusing all your thing, all all your mental focus onto one thing. That's not going to get you as far as you would if you were to just go full at it. I entirely agree, and I think, and I. I this is the only thing that I can really relate it to, um, schoolwork. Right. I am the worst at doing schoolwork. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's exactly what I said earlier. It's the sort of lack of motivation to do much. But on top of that, I always have a plan B for these kinds of things. Yeah. So say that I don't do my homework one night. Mm -hmm. Awful. That's, that's bad. But... In the morning, I know this one guy, so it's fine, and yeah. I can do that in the morning. If I have a plan B, I'm going to resort to that as plan A. Yeah. Yeah, they completely... So, I was the same way with school, man. I hated school. God, I hated school. I, I still hate school. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i no I'm no longer in school, um, but I, I just... I couldn't stand learning something I wasn't interested in. Exactly. And I don't, I don't know... I feel that's a common denominator between most of us creatives. Um, it's, it, it's, we don't like being told something to do. We like to find things to yeah. our own way. And then if that works, fantastic. If that doesn't work, 
that's fine. On to the next thing. I'm the exact same way, man. I'm the exact same way. I'm, my, my family tells me it's a problem. My school counselors told me it was a problem. I just don't know what to do. You know? This has just become I, like an episode of therapy. <laughs> exactly. I don't, I, it's weird. Where's Dr. Phil? We need him. Yeah. Oprah, where you at? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But it, so what inspires you? Like, is it your own personal motivation? Because you said that was a struggle. Okay. So if it's not external motivation, how do you, how do you, how do you build that motivation up? I look at all the things that I have done and think, well, what can I do to beat that? So you're a self-motivator. You're so that, that kind of brings out your competitive spirit, huh? It's, it's something that I'm working at for sure. But yeah. I, another thing that I, I like to do, do you know what American Ninja Warrior is? Yeah. Well, I train for that kind of stuff. Oh, really? Um, yes. And with that, I, I go to these competitions. And I'm, as far as I knew before I did those competitions, I wasn't a competitive person. And then I went into my first competition. I was an hour late. I was like, shit, shit, what do I do? What do I do? And they <laughs> ran me immediately, and I got first place. And it was the most I, – I was so pumped. And – that's that's something you need to bring out that competitive side in you. And if you don't, where are you going to find the motivation to do that? That's sort right. of the inner conversation that I had with myself. So how do you take that motivation and turn it into something like your photography? Well, it's it's the exact same thing. It's a competition, right? Right. It's past me versus present me. Okay. Um, that's a weird way to refer to it as, but it's, all right, I've done this cool thing. What if I tweaked this, this, and this? to make it just that much better. And then next time, learn from this current shoot, how can I do this, this, and this better? Hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I've heard that. Uh, my uh, my sister's dad, he's a photographer. Um, been pretty, really? Yeah, he's been pretty successful at it too. Uh, he does uh, real estate photography, but... Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's what that's what he says. He's always learning... Um, He's always, he's always learning from the next shoot to the next shoot. And he's, he's built up a credible reputation and he's where people go to now. It's pretty awesome. But yeah, it, it's, I think that's, you got to take that mentality in everything you do. It's like, what can I do in this one that I, I, I failed to do it in the last one? And it's definitely something that you need to work at because if you, yeah. if you think that all this is going to come naturally, you're dead wrong. Yeah. All right, you need to you need to put some kind of motivation, even if it's just like, all right, time to get out of bed. Even if it's just that, you need to put that effort forward. Right. And that's super hi- hypocritical of me to say, excuse me, that's super hi- hypocritical of me to say right now, because of where I'm at in my motivation. But with that being said, I'm working on it. Right. And I'm going to take what I say today and I'm going to use that. Like today, I was in my pajamas until 10 minutes before I was supposed to go get my senior photos. Wow. That's not okay. Right. You have to set up those disciplines for yourself. Exactly. That is absolutely not okay. Um, and so because of that, I brought that up in the vlog. I've discussed it on the vlog. I sort of vented to myself about this. And... Tomorrow, I'm going to, you know, wake up, get ready, just like that, and start my day. So is your vlog kind of sort of a, a, a promise to yourself? I, I would say, yeah, because it's, 
after seeing the support that the first one got, I realized that it's not my own entertainment. It's everyone else's entertainment. Right. And so with that, it's the same thing that I told you about earlier. It's easy for me to do things when other people depend on me. I released a vlog around, what was it, like a week ago? Yeah. It's like five and, days uh, ago. Now people are, are super, super high. I got around 10 uh, DMs on Snapchat after I uploaded the intro to one of my videos. I uploaded that to Snapchat and 10 people messaged me. They were like, oh my gosh, what's it about? When's it going to come out? When are you, what is happening? And it was really humbling to see because these were some of these people I didn't even really know. Right. But they watched my videos and they got super hyped from that. Right, they cared enough to give you feedback, or were, they gave you they they cared enough to express their excitement over that, and that's awesome. That's that's the greatest kind of motivation. That is a huge thing. Yeah. Because if if no one had given me gratification for that, I mean, would you do something that you that you didn't like? Yeah. I mean, I mean, no, obviously no. Uh, that was one of the big things of why I quit my YouTube channels because it's like you're putting in all this work. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Videos are not easy to make by any means. Absolutely not. I'm, I started editing this at, I want to say two o'clock. Right. Um, I'm still editing. Yeah. And no, it is seven it hours, is, eight hours. That's of your day that you could be spending doing elsewhere. And when you get no feedback, it is demotivating. Oh, for sure. It is one of the worst demotivations I've ever experienced. It's, I mean, it's 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 good feedback versus bad feedback right and i may have the, let it get the best of me but that, that that's kind of like the point where you're like should i keep doing this or i think uh, you know i think i think everybody's going to experience highs and lows yeah in, in i mean the current like society on youtube oh, everybody's yeah. going to experience highs and lows whether you go into youtube or not right you're going to experience points where maybe you don't get the feedback that you like all right how can i come back from that how right. can I make these people who didn't like it like it? Right. So how do you feel? How do you feel um, stepping into the game of YouTube? I mean, I know you've been doing this for a while, but your vlog game is pretty new. How do you feel? What, what's setting you apart from the rest? Me. You and your personality, right? Yes, and I would say that if if your hometown buddy Steve started up a YouTube channel, right. Steve doesn't know the first thing about vlogging. He doesn't know the first thing about telling a story. Right. He doesn't know the first thing about editing. Are you going to watch his video? Or are you going to watch someone, Matty Hapoya, Peter McKinnon, Casey Neistat, are you going to watch their video or Steve's? You're going to watch their video. Right. Because they know how to tell a story better than anyone else. And that's where I'm trying to go with that. They have that personality where they can tell a story. They can, you know, they can they can lift you up when you're feeling like shit. And that's that's them. That's not anybody else. Right. That's that's what separates them from everyone else. Exactly. And that's where I'm hoping to be with. My format may may be similar to a few of them. Right. That's fine. But it's I, you that sets you apart. Exactly. Two comedians tell the same joke, right? Right. One of them wrote the joke, one of them didn't. Mm -hmm. One of them delivered it better, one of them didn't. 
are you going say that the person who wrote it didn't deliver it well but the person who didn't write it delivered it perfectly who are you gonna watch the guy who wrote it obviously exactly it doesn't matter about the format exactly it's a matter of refining that format okay absolutely man this is good shit good shit this is i mean i think a lot of people need to hear this now i have been gone from youtube for like a good year maybe year and a half right and in that time i've had a lot of time to think i've had a lot of time to to i hate to use the same word twice but refine what i've been doing um work on my format work on my content work on what i want to put out and so i think that year and a half was spent well so you just been so i've seen you've done uh so we kind of started you you started out in gaming correct Let's not talk about this time. <laughs> hey man, I did too. I used to do Minecraft videos. That's how I started the YouTube game. Bro, and I started out. I started out um, watching Markiplier. Yeah. Actually, no. I'll I'll take that back. I started watching Sky Does Minecraft. Oh, me too, man. I, me and my sister, we binge. We would binge. He was so funny back in the day, and I was like, I gotta do that. Yeah. That looks like a lot of fun, and he looked like he was having so much fun, and. You know, now, obviously, this guy doesn't do Minecraft anymore. He doesn't do anything. Have you seen his channel? Yeah, he changed it to Sky Did Minecraft. That yeah. made my heart cry. I know. I mean, that was that, like my childhood. That was tough. That was like Toys R Us closing kind yeah. of sad. That was, that was, that was depressing. So, but I saw, I saw Sky Does Minecraft. I saw Markiplier, and I thought, they're having a lot of fun. I want to do that like right now. Right. And of course, gaming was super saturated back then. Right. So kind of like I the blogging game now. Oh, I want to be a gamer. Yeah. I don't want to be a gamer. I want to be a filmmaker. Because this is what's fun to me. It's fun making content, putting it out, having a good time. If you like it, fantastic. If you don't, I can work on it. Right. I kind of go, you know, if you take a step back and you look at Casey Neistat and the gaming community, you kind of like what you're saying. It's not so. We wanted to do what Sky did. Sky does Minecraft did. We got the yes. format that we got the format down right. We were doing big gaming videos just as he was. But what separated us from him was him. You know, it's exactly. kind of like it's kind of like the same thing. We were, we got the format down right. Like I was recording 1080p. Like I was like high quality videos. Not high quality videos. Don't get me wrong. High quality on the outside format videos, but what separated him from me was his ability to make the people connect. And that's the same thing. So you take a step back and you're looking at the vlogging community and you're looking at the, the game community. If you take a step back and you look at what people, what attracts people, it's not the format. No one gives a shit about the format. People are looking at the creators and the creator's personality. And that's going to be the one thing that sets you apart in this this oversaturated community and that's obviously that's a massive thing is the personality if you don't have that personality you're you're not gonna last long yeah if you're somebody like leafy you might stick around for maybe three months but eventually like he did exactly (laughs) um now there are some some shows where it's just that it's a show right it's a format they have to follow follow that format cinema sins they I mean, CinemaSins is ungodly funny. We, I think we all can agree on that. I've actually never um, seen CinemaSins. Oh, dude, you owe it to yourself. It's so funny. Dude, I'll go check uh, it out. 
Cinema Sins, basically they make fun of, um, I should say he, he makes fun of these different movies. And he does it in a way that's, that's not, not rude, but cynical. He's like a critic, but he makes it funny. Right. So he'll take like, for example, a movie starts with narration. He'll just say the word narration and then... There's be... a, there's like a sin counter and he adds up all the sin. Basically, everything that the movie does, quote unquote, wrong. Right. He gives it a sin. That sounds right? awesome. And so, and so like he'll he'll be funny with it. So like a Michael Bay film, after he tallies it up, it'll be like fifteen million thirteen hundred thirty three, <laughs> and then maybe like something from Spielberg might be seventy seven. Oh right? man. It's, it's give and take, but. It's he has a really good format. He's stuck by that format for a good five years now, right. and it hasn't gone stale. And if you can find something like that that doesn't go stale, that keeps things interesting, then it'll 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 be better for you in the long run. Right, but that's the difference between cinematic, uh, or that's the difference between format and character. Like people aren't attracted Absolutely. to his character. If someone were to replace him, yeah, I'm sure it would take a damage on his channel, but it wouldn't be catastrophic like if you were to take Casey Neistat out of Casey Neistat's logs, you know? Exactly. You could have the, you could have his format completely down. Yeah. But you won't have you won't have Casey. Yeah, you won't be now Casey. Now with CinemaSins, CinemaSins has, I want to say like three channels. He has CinemaSins, uh, brand sins, and music video sins. Yeah. Right. So it's it's sort of like it's sort of like a franchise that he has. Uh, CinemaSins and brand sins are different people. But their format is generally the same. Yeah. And I like both of their videos equally. Just as much as... Yeah, because it's the format. You fall in love with the format. For sure. And it's it's funny. It's genuinely funny. If you can... I mean... I'll have to go just, check it out, great. man. I'll have to go check it out. Well, hey... Oh, we're, you owe it to yourself. We're coming up on uh, on the end time of the video. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, end it. Just as, uh, <laughs> as uh, CinemaSins kind of ends other people's movies. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, this has been It's Not That Kind of Podcast. Peter, where can they find you? Uh, look me up, Peter Bielstein. Maybe maybe link wherever you can. Yeah, I'll put him in the show notes. All his All right, stuff will be in the uh, show notes. Um, you can go check him out. What's your uh, Peter versus Everything is your Twitter handle? Uh, Peter versus Stuff. Oh, Peter versus Stuff. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You can always go find my show at uh, Alex Stansberry with an extra Y. That's my Twitter handle. Uh, just look up. Uh, if you found this place, uh, you already know where you're at, but it's, I, I, it's not that kind of podcast on iTunes and then SoundCloud. But yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this has been another episode of it's not that kind of podcast. Thanks, Peter. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to it's not that kind of podcast. If you want to go follow us on the podcast app, all you have to do is search in it's not that kind of podcast on iTunes and it'll come right up. Go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and a comment down below. Uh, if you want to go check out Peter, all of his links are in the show notes down below. And, uh, yeah, thank you uh, guys so much for listening. I uh, hope you subscribe to the channel. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.